0: Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can, too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things
1: buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer toolkit
0: to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential.
2: It's hard to look at the news and not see someone take a position on AI. last week it was Bill Gates. Before that, it was someone that was one of the creators of some of the early versions of AI. And it basically ranges from, this is amazingly advanced technology. It's going to solve huge macro issues. It's going to solve world poverty, climate change. And then the other end of the spectrum is you got, we shouldn't unleash this thing. It's going to destroy the human race. So, but one thing that everyone agrees with, it's a very advanced technology that's very powerful. It's hard for me to really come up with any Industry that's not going to be impacted in a major way.
1: Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Belt, editorial director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever changing industry.
3: Hey folks, this is Clayton Collins, CEO at HW Media. I invited Brendan Nath to give you a little more detail on HousingWire Annual. This is HousingWire's mortgage focused event that covers everything in mortgage finance from origination, servicing, secondary markets. In partnerships with real estate, title, and valuation professionals.
4: You have people like Frank Martel, the CEO of Loan Depot, our own Logan Motashami, Lead Analyst over at HousingWire, Sandra Thompson, FHFA Director, and even who's the CEO of Thrive Mortgage. These executives are taking the stage. What are they talking about that actually applies to you? So they're addressing how are they staying profitable in this business? How are they creating communication flows from the top down and to making sure that everyone through the company is driving that business forward? How are they making the tough decisions? It's a tougher market, but even though it's a tougher market, there's still people who are growing. So how are they winning that market share? And what does their mindset have to do with that? And so two of the big buzzwords that we use are actionable items and insights and walking away, but that is something we actually took and then went a level deeper to make sure we're, we're creating those opportunities for you guys, whether it's on the pickleball core or staying after in the session to chat with these leaders at these companies. It's the people you want to be in the room with. You want to be surrounded by people who are growing because when I leave a conference, it's that energy that you want to take with you back to your business as you build up more strategy for 2024 and beyond. That's why we call it the starting line, right? You're, you're starting your business for the future. So that's where I would kind of touch on to start
3: with. If you want to learn more about HousingWire Annual, Visit housingwireannual.com or if you're on HousingWire, you can click the events tab and see all of our events, Housing Wire Annual included. This event is October 10th through 12th in Austin, Texas. We're bringing you a special promo. I'm not even going to tell you what it is on air right now. Um, you have to DM me. So you can hit me up on LinkedIn, Clayton Collins, CEO of HW Media, easy to find, or on Instagram at Clayton. So check us out. Join us at Housing Wire Annual. Thank you. See you in Austin.
1: Welcome to The Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt. I'm the Senior Director of Data and Content for HW Media. And today, I'd like to welcome two guests. First, we have Rich Hopin, a broker associate with Compass in New Jersey, and co-founder of Real E, a startup that builds custom chatbots. Also, we have Susan Van Eck. She is a broker associate with Susan Van Eck Properties with Compass in Connecticut. So welcome, Rich and Susan.
2: Nice to be here.
1: Thank you. So, nice. yeah, so Rich, I found you because I was getting your um, the AI daily brief, and I thought it was really, really interesting. So tell me a little bit about that newsletter and how it came about and some of your background um, that you are obviously in real estate, but also very interested in the tech side.
2: Well, I'll start with my background. Um, I'm a pretty atypical real estate broker. I started my career um, as a lawyer. I did that for many years. Then I jumped into commercial real estate. And then about eight years ago, I made the transition to residential real estate. And then two years ago, joined Compass. And then after ChatGPT came out, I was just enamored with the technology. And then um, in May, I created this company to build chatbots. I teamed up with a software engineer. And in order to learn about AI, I started researching and then started sharing what I was learning in my daily newsletter.
1: Yeah, and I think it's fascinating. There were some some great tips in there for using um, ChatGPT for real estate. But not only that, it really talks about the overarching trend of AI um, in applications for it, even outside of real estate. Um, So I thought that was really interesting. Um And Susan, why don't you give us a little background about yourself um, first, and then we'll go into I have another question for you after that so
0: okay, fantastic. well, first of all, thank you so much for the invitation to be here. Um, I come to real estate through uh, an investment standpoint where I began uh, buying unique properties and investing in them and then producing a product that a wider audience would appreciate. And through that, that led me to uh, really developing uh, a career as a real estate strategist, helping people make smart choices in real estate. And um, I've always thought of myself as a disruptor. I mean, really, since nursery school, I've been a disruptor. When I, uh, I was told I needed to play dress up with the girls, but what I really wanted to do was play and build blocks with the boys. And so that's really where I knew that I'm a little bit different than everybody else and always looking for a way to... Um, you know, find the next thing and uh, see also how that provides um, a service for my clients as well as helps build business. Yeah. And
1: in this whole podcast is really about the practical use of um, chat GPT and artificial intelligence in your real estate practice. And one of the things that you did is actually, so you had a $9.5 million listing, and you have an AI butler, Mr. Carson. So uh, tell me how that listing chatbot worked for you with the, with this um, luxury property and what you're using Mr. Carson for.
0: Great question. So um, I was thrilled when Rich approached me and said, hey, I've got this interesting idea. And um, knowing that I'm I'm always thinking outside of the box of ways to, you know, Present and market or position a property. Uh, And that's exactly what Mr. Carson has been able to do for us. It is providing another level of service to that uh, potential end user. Um, You know, most people are searching for their next home or something interesting and off hours. And this allows me to extend my expertise and information about this particular property at a time and a place where I can't physically be. So it just opens up the world of the reach the breadth and the scope of um, being able to really satisfy an individual in the moment of uh, curiosity and quest for information.
1: And I mean, the chatbots have been around for a little while. So tell me what this one does maybe differently or um, better than, you know, days of old, obviously, technology continues to evolve how specifically um, did it help you sell the listing? What type of information is it offering? How does it, you know, how does it work?
0: For me, it was really important that the passion and the voice behind the listing wasn't lost. And that was always my fear with technology is the elimination of that human factor. Um, You know, Compass is a high-tech, high-touch company. They've worked very hard to make sure that we're not losing that human factor. And really, a home is the most human place that we all exist authentically. Um, And so what uh, Mr. Carson was able to offer is this ability to uh, retain the humanness because of all of the content. And this is where rich can really uh, offer another level and layer of flavor here of, of how we were able to integrate Mr. Carson into um, presenting this property to the widest possible audience without losing the specific um, voice and passion that comes with the human connection between agent and buyer.
2: Yeah. So Tracy, Tracy, if I can interject. So, um, when, when I presented this idea along with my, my partner to Susan and their co-listing agent, um, the, the, the immediate reaction was what I'm hearing over and over again, like, chatbots, I hate chatbots. <laughs> I hate it night when I'm online shopping and I get a chatbot, I wish it would just go away. It's always trying to sell me. And we said, no, this is a different technology. And, and it, can be, it can be educated are loaded with all the key data that you want. And it just so happens that the property that Susan and Rick are listing, that we're talking about the subject property, is a is it an incredibly interesting property and with a with a really rich history. And it so happens that 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 the, the owner of the property, which happens to be um, the the co-listing agent, actually wrote a coffee table book about the property and the history. So we had just phenomenal data that we could feed into the chatbot. To educate the chatbot so um and then as far as the tone that just that's kind of programming and you can adjust it which was very interesting so at one end of the spectrum you could have it's just purely factual spits out the facts and it'll tend to sound kind of mechanical at the other end of the spectrum it can be very creative the danger is it can start making stuff up which you definitely don't want so you kind of have to find that that sweet spot and when we built it, we had different versions and we kept testing it and we kept testing the quality the answers and retraining it until it was basically ready to launch.
1: So, um, you know, and that's interesting because I think um, that's a confusing, it's confusing for me. So I know it's confusing for others as well. And this is a question I have later on, but I think this is a really good question for right now is that, Someone told me the other day that you have to realize that this is a, you know, chat GPT or other um, kind of artificial intelligence um, applications. It's a conversation you're having with the chat bot to teach it what you want. So the prompts have to be and, you know, you can you have to do them maybe multiple times until you actually get the right prompt um, that gives you what you're really looking for. So talk to me a little bit about that.
2: Okay. So there are two kind of pieces there. So, so first is how you educate the chatbot. So ChatGPT has been educated by OpenAI with all the data on the internet, you know, up until 2021. What we're talking about with Susan is we have ChatGPT, which is kind of a, at a foundation level. And then on top of that, we have information about the property. So all that data was inputted. So that's part of the education process. Now, from a user standpoint, with prompts and the questions that they ask, they, the user needs to figure out what they need to say to get the answers that they're looking for or to craft the question in the right way that they're, they're satisfied with the answer.
1: Okay, and we'll get into more details about that that later. Right now, I mean, obviously there's a lot of controversy there over Chat GPT. You've heard Elon Musk talk about the, you know, necessary to have some controls on it before it's, um, it's too late, although I think he just started an AI company as well, or he was part of the first one and now started another one. So talk to me a little bit about that and the possibilities for AI in real estate, and we'll start with you, Rich.
2: Okay, so yeah, you're right. Um, it, it's hard to you know look at the news and not see someone take a position on AI. Well, last week it was Bill Gates before that it was someone that was one of the creators of some of the early versions of AI. And it basically ranges from this is amazingly advanced technology. It's going to solve you know huge macro issues, It's going to solve world poverty, climate change, huge advancements in medicine and education. And then the other end of the spectrum is you got oh, we shouldn't unleash this thing, it's going to destroy you know the human race. So, but one thing that everyone agrees with, it's a very advanced technology that's very powerful. So it's hard for me to really come up with any industry that's not going to be impacted in a major way. So as far as real estate, what we're talking about today is ChatGPT. So you have really kind of, it's really early days. So you have a small percentage of agents that are kind of leaning into this tech. And they're using ChatGPT and they're using it to generate content. And that would be listing descriptions, social media posts, emails, newsletters, that sort of thing. And then you have, and my guess is based on presentations I've given, maybe five, 10% of agents are using it for that. And that's going to change. And then you have a really small percentage of agents like Susan that are getting way ahead of that and saying, okay, where is this going? And she realized, okay, we have this powerful technology. How can I use this for my benefit with my products, which are listings? How can I use it with clients who are buyers? How can I use it for the uh, the group that she formed at Compass, Compass Coastal? There's all these applications. And that really involves having a custom chatbot. Um, so there's, there's lots of applications. So there's for listings. I've, we're working with an agent who is a prolific writer. He has three, 400 blog posts about Miami and a lot of them have terrific SEO, but he's not having dialogue with those readers. So we're creating chatbots for those high-performing blog posts. So someone who's reading it can basically essentially converse with the agent. And and also the chatbot can recommend, oh, you know, want to check out this article or you know, point to other sources. And of course, you know, or reach out to the agent. So there's just there's lots of applications, which I can kind of look, check those off later in the conversation.
1: Um, Susan, do you have any
0: anything to add to that? Well, what I love about uh, what Rich pointed out is um you know, that fear of technology taking over and eliminating the need for humans, uh, where I see, I I kind of leapfrogged over the uh, chat GPT with writing narratives or descriptions or helping me in other ways in real estate, because those are the portions of what I'm doing that I personally enjoy. And I want to create the content to educate the butler. So kind of leapfrogging over the traditional or what's more exposed to the uh, typical agent through chat GPT and using the AI butler um, is doing exactly what Rich just said, which um, the uh, Miami agent that he's referring to that's prolific in writing, it has a ton of content. It's adding another lay- level and layer of service to that end user and giving them the ability to engage and participate in a more human way, even though it's through the use of this artificial intelligence. And so really merging and bridging what we each as humans contain within us, but having this um, bot that's able to communicate on our behalf, and we're sleeping. Um, or doing other things, or answering that same question again and again and again. It's, again, just adding another layer to what we can offer our clients at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, if I can just kind of piggyback, one of the things that, you know, a huge value to Susan, who is just a, a terrific marketer, is that she's using this to differentiate herself from the marketplace. I mean, if she goes on to a listing presentation of these, you know, high-end homes, it's, it's you know, it's one agent after another after another that makes their pitch. And they could all be great agents and know the market and have great marketing material. But when Susan starts talking about AI and what she's done with her other property or other properties, no one's going to be able to compete with that. And then it'll be really powerful if Susan actually presents a, a, a version of that chatbot for that listing and then hands her phone or iPad over to the seller and say, yeah, hey, pretend you're a buyer. It's 11 o'clock at night and you have questions about your house. I mean that's powerful stuff, and Susan saw that months ago and said, "That's what I want, and I want to be the first one there," and and she is.
1: And I have a practical question about that. Um, You know what what's the time commitment in if you if you teach it for one listing, um, and you want to do it for you know five listings? How what's the time commitment for that for for the realtor, and what is involved in that? as far as being a custom app?
2: So it's, um, I mean, there's a, it, it's really up to the agent. So it can, it can be as simple as getting the information that's currently on the MLS and that's it, or it could be an agent adding material, other material that's outside of the MLS into the, you know, into the data. Um, another thing that we suggested with some agents is, that they actually go through the house. They don't have to physically go through the house, but they record as if they're giving a presentation to a prospective buyer. And that data would be incredibly valuable. And that also kind of captures the way the agent speaks. So it's really up to the agent how much you know time they want to put in.
0: Tracy, if I can chime in on that, because um, for me, it was exactly what I'm already doing as an agent. So the level of commitment or time and energy investment, um, was really minimal because it's what I'm already doing. I'm already creating content around each of my properties. Um, and in this particular case, being a 28 acre farm with three primary residences and two ponds and, you know, the, it, there's a ton of, uh, content around just that. And when the Owner and co-list agent also created this coffee table book. It was just a natural extension and really a gathering place of all of the information, almost like a holding tank. And we get to call him Mr. Carson.
1: Okay, so that makes sense. And and also, I would assume that you can put you know local market data in there, um, or you could put neighborhood data in there so that, um, you know, every listing you have in a specific neighborhood talks about the amenities of that community or, or something like that as well. Correct.
2: Right. You, you can add whatever you want in there. Plus what's in ChatGPT. Someone can ask a question that may not be in material that the agent said it, but it's just common knowledge to that area. And for buyer out of town, you know, that's valuable information.
1: And that kind of gets into um, my next question, which is kind of the legal and copyright ramifications or considerations that agents should have. Um, I do know that there have been instances where um, chat GPT maybe recommends some marketing language that goes against fair housing rules. Or um, So, Rich, why don't you talk to me a little bit about some of those considerations and best practices so that you could avoid issues like that?
2: Yeah. So as far as the Fair Housing Act rules, um, and it's, you know, you have the not the federal rules and then you've got state rules. I mean, that's pretty easy to address, um, when you're building a chatbot. It's just language. You just take that language and you tell the chatbot, don't discuss these things. And there's a whole list of topics. Like if someone wants to ask about crime in a neighborhood, an agent won't talk about crime in the neighborhood. The agent will refer them to another source. So, so, so that's easy. I mean, that all that's that data gets. Gets loaded in, um, but as far as your kind of your broader question about um, you know cop potential copyright issues and, and really this is just like with any new technology there's always going to be legal issues that come up. The existing laws will apply, and then there's areas sort of new questions that come up where there isn't any clear legal guidance, and that'll just get resolved through the courts or through um, you know legislation. Um, as far as copyright, I mean, that's, that's kind of a morass of issues and, um, that's going to be years before that, you know, gets worked through. I think general advice to any agent that's using this tool to write, it just kind of use good writing practices. Don't just cut and paste everything it says, use the platform to enhance your writing, not replace your writing. Um, and if something is, you know, if there's, you know, some material that's easily attributable to someone else well known, just you know, find out who the source is and cite them. Just kind of good writing practices.
1: Yeah. As are there any ways to do like checks and balances, like running it through a Grammarly or something like that? Um, for that reason.
2: Yeah. So I mean, I write my blog post every day. I have two editors. Um, one is um, ChatGPT. And I'll say, just check for grammar. And um, and it will check for grammar. And And sometimes I'll say, just tell me what the issues are. Don't make the changes. Or I'll say, make the changes. So I've, I, I, I'm in a pattern right now where I'm comfortable with it doing that. My n- next level editor is my wife. She's <laughs> 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 a phenomenal writer. <laughs> yeah. So, and she finds things that ChatGPT didn't
0: have. Yeah. So that's
2: just for grammar. But as far as you know, good other good writing practices, um, you, you just want to make sure that um, that it writes in your tone of voice. I have this very specific style. And if I didn't give it guidance, it would just write as if, you know, it was just like a corporate piece of literature. Or yeah, I tend to write kind of in an informal way. And then one time I said, write in an informal tone. And it was just like, it looked like you know some drunken kids at a party it was just like crazy. so um, so I always have to check that. So so I, I guess I'm cautioning agents that use this product is make sure you read it and make sure it sounds like you because if it doesn't and you send it out to people who know you, they will know right away that you didn't write that. And especially yeah. now, people you know they're kind of on high alert for chat GPT generated content,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, Susan, any best practices um, that you found in in using your kind of listing chatbot?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I need to echo what Rich said. It's really about already using your best practices in whatever kind of um, area of the you know, presentation we're creating. So, um, I also have a very particular voice and that for me was critical to be, uh, captured through Mr. Carson and through all of the content that was put in there, we were able to produce that. I think it's just super important to remember that this is a tool. It's not a replacement. Um, if, uh, you're asking it to correct your grammar, I believe it still needs another set of eyes because again, like the the, there, there, and there right? It all sounds the same. It's used differently. You need the, that human element to truly understand the point that you're trying to make and whether it's uh, touching or pushing up against fair housing, or it's just the, um, you know, the style and tone within which you're trying to express yourself. It, it, it will always boil back to, is this really reflecting who I am, what I want to say and how I want to say it. And we lean on it as a tool, the same way that we use dictionaries in the past, those big fat, you know, anthologies of massive, um, you know, it's a tool. It's not uh, a replacement. And so that kind of leads to the prompts, like
1: structuring your prompt so that let's say you're, you're using chat GPT, you're using the the open AI chat GPT and not like a custom um, application. Cause I know there are a ton of custom applications out there now as well, but, um, and maybe you'll have something to say about some of the ones that you recommend um, other than your own, which is uh, really so, um, but how do you structure the prompt to get what you want?
2: I mean, my experience is it depends what you want. So if I'm doing, um, if I have a general research question, tell me about copyright law and fair use and copyright law. I'll just ask a broad question like that. And I'll get, I'll get a lot of information. If I wanted to do something specific for me, then I need to give it a specific directive. So like, um, for example, last fall, last winter, I was writing, I was making a lot of YouTube videos based on blog posts that I was writing. So I would upload a blog post and then I would say, create a five minute script for a YouTube video, assume the audience is college educated and open up the script with three questions that are kind of teaser questions to the video. Um, and it would write that. So that was very specific. I mean, there, you know, you can go, I mean, there are so many videos now about, you know, the best prompts for real estate agents. Um, But it's really, there's no like sort of secret formula. I think it's just a matter of agents using it. And so unless you're using ChatGBT on a regular basis, you won't really kind of understand how to do it. And um, so, and I also suggest for people, um, I suggest that people use it for business as well as personal life. And I would say my use is probably 50-50. I use it all the time and my family members are starting to use it all the time. I mean, we go, we're, we're so programmed to go to Google and get a whole bunch of links and then kind of click through. It becomes very comfortable using this product where you just, you ask a question and you just get an answer. And you know, you can you know obviously ask follow-up questions. The other thing that I'd recommend is that people get the app for their phone. Um, So that made a really big difference. And it's a great app. Um, But I'll I'll caution you make sure when you go to the, you know, whether it's iOS or Google or Android, make sure you get the app that is the official open AI app. Because there's a lot of other apps that, you know, who knows what they are. So make sure it's an official app, and it'll be rated really high. So, but it'll, it'll say specifically the, the, the open AI app. Um, So those are, those are some thoughts.
1: Okay. Um let's let's talk about a couple other prompts that agents can use for writing a listing description. I don't know, Susan, do
0: you want to go into that or Sure. I mean, so What we've done in the past is done some copy and pasting, even of uh, previous listing descriptions of a particular property has already been on there. Um, But I want to emphasize that I don't use the chat bot for my listing descriptions, specifically because I want my voice to be really authentic in my writing and have a very distinct writing style, especially as I'm describing properties. For me, it's all about the experience. Um, Perhaps it's time for me to uh, ask that of ChatBT and um, say, you know, please create a listing description based on all of this specific content, but, um, you know, use a lot of alliteration or uh, very descriptive words in, um, you know, throughout. I, I don't have a great answer for your question because I don't use tap ET as much as, um, as maybe other agents do, but it's this next level that truly excites me is having that, uh, service that I'm offering my clients, as opposed to how is it making my job easier? I'm really thinking about how is it serving my clients and end users?
2: Right. So I would suggest, Susan, you should give it a try. I, okay. I would take some of your best listing descriptions, put it in chat GPT. I say, okay, for this listing description, please add or please change the bedroom count or whatever it is. And you know play around with it. I mean, you may find that your sort of your template can be improved a little bit.
0: I will give it a try. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, what are what are some other uses that real estate agents might not be thinking about? Because they're, you know, right now everybody's talking about marketing. Um, you know, I know that you know, for example, you can outline a research paper or you can, you know, draw up a marketing plan or a business plan for your real estate um, company, uh, you know, putting in your parameters, you know, what you want to make and working backward from there. So what are talk to me about some of the other maybe more um, business specific to um applications for using it
2: so um one of the things that i use it and not not on a regular basis but when i'm sort of pondering a big sort of question on on the business front it could be personal as well but it's mostly business i'll talk to it as if it's someone else in the room wanting to get feedback and i'm always surprised that you know the quality of the answers and I'll have maybe a 15 minute conversation. And I'll end up with something that's mm-hmm. really, really valuable. Um, so I kind of use it for brainstorming. Um, a huge value is leveraging one piece of content to another platform. So as I was saying before, turning a blog post into a script for a YouTube, and then it could be from the script from the, a YouTube video to a YouTube short, you know, to you know, yeah. Instagram, whatever it is. And we're just talking text now. So, you know, it's not going to be long before you can do a lot with uh, with with, with uh, the video as well. The other thing that I hear from a lot of agents who are not prolific writers and don't like to write, but they know how to talk. I mean, I've never met an agent that doesn't love to talk. So whatever topic they're interested in, that might be a topic to, to sort of share with other people. They can just dictate that content, just put on their phone, do a voice memo, and then there's lot a ton of software out there that can just transcribe that audio and then you can feed that, you know, into ChatGPT and a lot of times the audio of what you're saying is far from the written product, but it'll do that work for you and it'll save a lot of time. So almost anyone can become a writer just talk and do that so that that's that's an idea
0: that's a great idea I like it as that point of inspiration right so I don't work well with a blank slate I renovate homes I don't build new constructions so that to me is a very similar parallel where if I were to walk into just a, a you know a complete blank slate whether it's writing a listing description or renovating a property or building a new the difference between building new and renovating is that you have something to start with when you're renovating you can find the flaws and the places to improve. And so if chat GPT can give you that starting place, that foundation, that point of inspiration, then it's up to you as that individual to find your way to differentiate it, customize it, make it your unique voice. So I like it as that opportunity to give you that springboard, that starting place and that point of inspiration. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The one thing I wish that you could do, and maybe you can tell me, maybe it maybe can do this and there's an app is I wish that you could actually upload, let's say, uh, graphs and have them repurpose the graph into like a little analysis of it and also a graphic of it. Um, I, I think you could do the graphic of it. I just don't know that you could do the analysis. There there are, I, you know, maybe just talk to me about what are some of the apps out there that are real estate specific that you've seen um, that are that agents might want to look at?
2: So to answer your question about taking a graph and having the product understand it, yeah. there are. I think there are some tools out there um, that um, if they're not readily available yet, but they will be very soon. So one of the things that I've gotten out of writing this newsletter for, I guess, two months now is it's it's kind of amazing the progress that I've seen almost like week to week. Um, and the whole graph issue that goes to, so we had an agent, um, in, in San Francisco that was that one of his most powerful marketing tools is his monthly market report. And a lot of agents produce monthly market reports. It's kind of like the same graphs, same charts all the time. And, and what I've been pondering is how do we take the underlying data of that? Because all that's usually from MLS data. How do we take the underlying data, put that into a chat bot so that the audience, buyers and sellers, can ask the specific questions they have instead of going through the chart. And it may be as simple as, "Oh, I bought my house in 2015, November 2015. What's been the, you know, appreciation rate in my town over that period of time? What can I expect to get? That kind of stuff." So, so you know, that could happen. But you know, as far as being able to just take images and make sense of it, I, we're pretty much there. I, I'm, I'm sure that the, the technology is available.
1: Yeah. Um, is there a place to look for these apps, um, you know, that are specific to real estate? Do you know of like a website that maybe has a list of them or, um, you know, cause I've seen some marketing ones. I know that like there's Plunk and Corded and, and, and like several companies who are, who are integrating artificial intelligence into their very specific systems. Um, you know, Plunk really does remodel data, market data, um, Corded IO, I believe is a recruiting, um, software. So like, or a program. So what, um, you know, is there one place to find all this information?
2: I, I, I don't know of like a, okay. a, you know, kind of the preeminent source yeah. for that. I just don't know. I, I just kind of see, you know, pieces of, you know, press releases mm-hmm. or articles about stuff that sort of come up every now and then. But I don't know if it's kind of a go-to okay. source.
1: And what um, if, if anybody listening wants to subscribe to your email, which I want to say is is not a promotional email, it's very informational, um, how would they do that?
2: Um, the easiest way is to go to my company's website, and that's um, reale.ai go to, to really and just right on the homepage, They can subscribe and they can also see demos of Susan's listing and all the other listings and, and, and bots that we've done.
1: Okay. Um, and then the last question I have is really um, what's on the horizon where, where, what are you seeing and excited about um, that that's trending more of like from a thought leadership perspective and Rich, we'll start with
2: you. I think as far as um Kind of what Susan's, the, the waters that Susan jumped in with the listing chatbot, um, once, once users start getting comfortable with the chatbots and start inputting data, that data is going to be incredibly valuable to, let's say, a listing agent. So if, 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 you know, if people are going to that chatbot and are asking the same quest, type of questions over and over again, that may inform Susan or the listing agent, oh, we need to talk about that in our marketing material. I mean, eventually, you know, it it may read that information and suggest revisions to the marketing material. When there are people that provide information, the chatbot, and really the technology is there now, the chatbot can not only relay what the users are asking, but it can actually profile the user. So, so there's a like a high EQ sense with these advanced chatbots. So that would that would be cool for the agent to know. So the whole idea from an agent standpoint, what information, what work can be done up front. That'll make it easier for the agent and also qualify the the prospect. So if you have a prospect that's asking a lot of questions in the chatbot at some point, in the chatbot says, Oh, at what point do you think you're going to be buying in the next month? You know, whatever the next five years. So, so we'll get information to kind of to help the agent. So there's that. Um, the, the, it'll, and I, I don't think it's going to be long before the data is, um, is, is integrated uh, into the CRM system. So, um, and so there's a user that's asking a lot of questions and they're interested, you know, that gets put into the CRM system. Uh, a message would be sent to a listing agent saying, OK, there's a user with this type, with this specific question. Would you like me to text me being the chatbot? Would you like me to uh, text this message on your behalf to the user? So all the kind of stuff that Susan's dealing with and all agents are dealing with all day long, everything, oh, my God. It's the same repetitive task over and over again. You know, where can technology step in and free up an agent so they're not doing that mundane work?
1: Okay. And Susan, I'll let you get the last word. What are you excited about? Are you using it for any business planning or, or budgeting or, you know, what are some future uses that you're seeing um, that you'd like to use it for?
0: Well, there are two things that I'm excited about with this technology. And one is the scalability. Uh, and it, for me, it's the scalability of the the human factor. And I think that it's a beautiful contradiction there that this AI is making this process even more human for the user. Um, And I've always been one that's afraid of technology, but will be also the first to dive right into it. Um, And then the one other component that I'm excited to see happen is something that Rich touched on earlier, which is the uh, video and visual capacity that we can bring to AI. Um, I learned a word called um, aphantasia, which means the inability to see with the mind's eye. And working with my clients... um, We realize that there are so many people that just do not have the ability to imagine what something can be or will be. Um, I don't suffer from Aphantasia. I've got the reverse (laughs) problem. I don't know the name of it yet. Uh, But I'm very excited to see what um, uh, the new technology can do to help, again, um, help our end users experience a property visually and not having to rely on their own um, ability or inability to visualize something, really bringing a property to life and having that very human experience through technology.
2: So, and, and there was a lot of those tools, it's just amazing what's coming out. So there's been a lot of press about what Adobe is doing, for example, but just imagine you know, Susan's with a prospective buyer in a property and the buyer's like, well, I don't know, I don't, what are we going to do with that wall? And Susan just types in the keyboard. Okay. Remove that window and put the wall there or, or redesign it with this, this line of furniture, whatever. I mean, that's, that's around the corner and, that, and that'll be super valuable. To yeah. Buyers.
1: And, that's and cool. I would say too, I know that there's been talk of it, it um, taking the place of an agent um, to me, you know, they've, That's been a discussion for so many years. Um, And the truth is that real estate is about relationships and your human relationships with the people that you're working with. So while a lot of these things can facilitate that relationship or are tools, they're not going to replace you either. Um, And I assume you both agree with that.
0: Absolutely. have never had a fear of being replaced by technology, again, because what we do is the most intimate human thing finding somebody where they're going to live build memories raise their
2: families right and i mean the beauty of technology is to free up the agent's time so they have more face time with clients and prospects that's that's the exciting part
1: yeah absolutely well rich and susan thank you so much for joining real trending we appreciate all your insights on artificial intelligence and chat gpt thanks so much
2: all Right, thank you tracy
0: thank you thank you very much
1: Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.